A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I haven't heard a lot about it, but I did hear that people were upset that we all went out of town or... I don't really know the extent of it, but I, this year is a frustrating year. I get it. I think there's so many frustrations going on for everybody, mm-hmm. but also it's her 40th, and this is something that she really wanted to do for us. It was such a nice thing, and being there, like with all the precautions and everything that we took, and being there and how grateful everybody was for the tourism aspect of it, and how so many people said that we were their first party or guest that they've had in months and what it's done, like, for them to be able to pay their bills or to do stuff for their family. I mean, just hearing those yeah. messages when we were there, it was really, we felt really good, and we felt so safe. And we did it in the safest way I could imagine someone yeah. doing it. And yeah. I'm, I mean, it's su- it was such a beautiful experience, and I want Kim to focus on just how beautiful it was and what yeah. she did for everybody. I mean, I don't want that to overshadow. Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Woo! Are y'all as stressed as I am? I'm stressed. And you know what? I kind of am surprised at how stressed out I am. I'm recording this on Saturday, by the way. Because, oh, do I even want to put it out there and say that I do not think that homeboy is going to win? I don't think he is. And that makes me want to puke. But still, because I am a one, two, three, four quadruple Pisces, (laughs) I'm just feeling a lot of emotions. A lot of things are happening. And most of them are not good. I'm going to have to have a Reese's at some point in the evening and probably a little glass of Pinot Grigio to assuage any of my fears and anxieties. Um, I threatened, and I have no problem saying that, that if Joe Biden didn't win, I would not be doing any more episodes for the week. But then I realized that I actually record the 90 Day Fiance podcast on like Monday or Tuesday. So it's gonna, I'm just gonna do it anyway. So There really was no, um, that was a a very empty threat because the way my schedule works out, I would be doing it before the election anyway. So really doesn't matter. 
And now I think we're done with Married at First Sight. I don't think there are going to be any more episodes. So, you know, again, there wouldn't have been an episode on Friday anyway. So that's where I'm at. Just threatening things with really no consequence to anybody. And I'm still going to be doing the exact same amount of work that I would have been doing anyway. So there's that. Um, what can I talk about that doesn't have to do with the election? You guys want to talk about the Kardashians? Let's talk about that. So I'm sure pretty much all of you know, uh, Kim took to the Twitter sphere to announce that, you know, she decided to go ahead and have a 40th birthday bash. COVID be damned. She feels very humbled by the whole situation. And, you know, after two weeks of quarantining all of her guests, she just surprised them. I don't know how you surprise somebody after specifically telling them that they need to quarantine for two weeks, but I'll let that one go, I guess. But she decided to invite 40 of her friends to a private island for a million dollar birthday vacation. And do I really want to talk about how, like, personally... I think she probably should have just kept that to herself. I mean, we know that she wasn't going to do that because Kardashian, but I just feel like, aren't we all kind of in a place where we are, you know, COVID's ramping up more than it ever has. And it's not funny. It's not funny. It's awful. But it feels kind of like there's an unspoken rule of like, if y'all are going to go on vacation and there's going to be travel involved, like, didn't we all decide that like, we're just not going to talk about it? Is I was under the impression that that's what we had all decided on. That was the choice that we all made. Like, if you're going to do it, you don't have to like make these huge proclamations about like how humble you are and how you didn't realize how much of a privilege it was to be able to travel with your friends and yada, yada, yada. Here's me in a lime green, you know, cover up in a bikini, um, you know, coming out of the water to Nina's Simone's, um, feeling good, <laughs> which was like probably the mo- most upsetting thing for me. Like, why do we have to bring Nina Simone into the situation? But anyway, um, I don't really want to talk about like how everybody got their tweets off and we're making jokes, myself included. Um, you know, there's enough to be said about that. What I think is interesting, I happen to come across, um, Kim's, uh, Halloween costume that she did with her husband, I guess, Jonathan Chebin. And their four children and they dressed up as he was a tiger king she was carol baskin the kids were tigers and so something told me why don't you go and look at jonathan chubbin's twitter and he doesn't tweet much however it appears that mr chubbin and i'm not going to call him by the name that he legally changed to because i don't think he deserves it y'all that guy is like an ardent and heavy anti-masker doesn't believe that COVID is really that big of a deal. Thinks that like a, a, dropping 
shit that he saw statistics about how most of the people something like 85 percent of the people who got covid were wearing masks always or most of the time and blah 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 we should be able to be free and this that and the third and that's the thing that bothers me about this like oh we all took the necessary precautions and blah 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 because i know that i've seen scott in these streets out with his new girlfriend she wasn't on that island it's very clear that Jonathan Chevin feels no type of way about wearing a mask. There are so many tweets about how he doesn't really think it's a big deal and we should be able to live free or die hard and, you know, do whatever we want to do. Does Jonathan... Of course Jonathan's a Trump supporter, right? It was giving very Trump energy. So that was the one thing that I wanted to talk about. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was the Jamila Jamil of it all. You guys, what is this girl's damage? Who, what, what is she doing? What is she doing? So she tweeted three tweets, a three tweet thread saying, ah, ha, ha, this is hilarious. You're all blaming me for Kim acknowledging her privilege. It's not my fault. You all did this. You screamed at everyone to acknowledge your privilege. And now people are, you're calling it bragging. So you're just going to have to decide what you want. Exclamation point. So, before I get to the other tweets, I'm going to set the stage for you guys. So, a while back, somebody tweeted at her and said, Oh, you have such great skin, Jamila. And she said something along the lines of like, Yes, but it's not, you know, it goes without saying that like, I have an immense privilege to be able to eat well and, you know, go to the finest skincare people and, and do expensive skincare treatments and blah 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 and privilege i'm so privileged let's not ignore the fact that i'm rich shall we and then so she's now saying that because people had some sort of feeling about her acknowledging her privilege with regard to skincare that people saw the tweet of kim going on vacation came at her for it and is now upset and telling people to like pick a wall boots, decide whether you not want celebrities to acknowledge your privilege or not. So the other tweet said, PS not defending slash commenting on her tweet, just saying, don't blame me for it. This is going to keep happening because people think this is the more responsible way to talk rather than just getting mad. Let's figure out what the better alternative is, is not acknowledging better. I don't know how slash why I got dragged into this, but I find it highly amusing and also a pretty good opportunity to figure out how people are best in moving forward. Now, baby, Jamila lives in a neighborhood and that neighborhood is a street and that street is a cul-de-sac that goes from one part of Jamila's house to the other. All roads lead back to Jamila Jamil. (laughs) Who, who said that? Nobody said anything about Jamila in reference to Kim Kardashian going on fucking vacation. Like, miss me with that, girl. I think this is so funny, the way that Jamila ends up centering herself around things that have nothing to do with her. I saw a tweet of somebody who actually did their Googles and, uh, did their research on Twitter and looked. Somebody said that they had did a search 
of people referencing Jamila in reference to that tweet of Kim's, it was five people. And four of those people didn't even tag her. So she made the choice (laughs) to look up her name in reference to the tweet. And now it's, oh, everybody's coming at me. And it's always about me. And why me? Why don't you guys pick a side if you want us to talk about being privileged or not? And it just really sounds like, honey child, you (laughs) you just wanted to center the conversation once again in terms of the Kardashians, and bring it back to you. She has a really weird, weird, I'm going to say, habit of talking about um, how they talk about their flat tummy tees and their gummy bears and this, that, and the other, and how damaging it is to girls and women to see them promote these, like, supplements and weight loss shit and fair but then at what point are you just making everything Kardashian about you and at what point does it get weird and I think at this point you gotta look back at yourself and say this had nothing to do with me I didn't have to say shit and now I'm acting like everybody's coming for me when nobody was coming for me at all Five people on Twitter and only one of them tagged you? Girl, the thirst is real. Mm, mm Mm-mm-mm. That was so fucking funny to me. (laughs) Why? She, She literally did not have to say anything. Literally. It had nothing to do with her. It had nothing to do with how women and their body perceptions and, and beauty and how we perceive like, and how damaging that the Kardashians are towards, you know, body image and shit. Like this is her going on vacation. Okay. Okay. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. (laughs) Do we want to talk about Robert Kardashian? I do. (laughs) So I was, you know, I saw the tweet of Lil Wayne and Trump. He's talking about the platinum plan and how Trump is going to help him with his taxes and how much money he's going to save under a Trump presidency. And he's sitting there with those like struggle dreads. Now you want to talk about saving your money, but it seems like. None of that money is going towards hair care. So, like, at what point are we just hoarding our wealth here, Mr. Wayne? Anyway, I had to take a little couple calming breaths and, and you know, mourn the loss of Lil Wayne, RIP to him. Then I get back on Twitter and I see somebody say something along the lines of, um, Robert Kardashian hologram is, just took me out. And I said, what are these words put together in a tweet? What could that possibly mean? So I'm going to go in my search and type in Robert Kardashian hologram. And wow. Wow. Now, I think 
maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical because I just went in on, on Jamila about not minding her business. <laughs> I'm, I'm understanding now that what I'm about to say could come off as hypocritical. However, this was a hot button issue. If y'all don't know, Kanye for Kim's birthday had a hologram made of Robert. You can find the video over at everyone's business, but mine on Instagram and it was a, a whole two minute clip about how he's been watching her, how much he loves her, how she is really like helping with Armenian pride and being a good Armenian daughter and, and raising awareness towards the things happening in Armenia and how she's um, continuing the legacy of him being a lawyer, even though he's only been a lawyer. He was only a lawyer for like two years. <laughs> Just like two years, you guys. Um, and how great he is, how great she is as a mother. Blah, blah, blah. So a lot of people were like, wow, that's really fucking creepy. I did not feel that way. But I will say, you know, I am part of the Dead Dads Club, so I feel like if she's going to put this out for the masses, you have to expect that some people are going to have an opinion about that, and I'm only going to have an opinion through the lens of my experience of having a father who passed away. My husband did that for me. I don't think that I would like it. <laughs> I don't know how I would feel about that. My initial feeling is not necessarily that it's creepy, just that it's like, it would maybe be too much. It would maybe be a lot to process. And I don't think that is something that you surprise somebody with unless you're 150% sure that they would genuinely like it. Added on to that, my second thing was, did he talk to Chloe, Courtney, and Rob about this? Because... That is just as much their father as it is Kim's. And maybe that would be something that they wouldn't want out there in the universe. And if any of them said, I don't really feel that great about that, then I hope, I just hope that they were all in support of this situation and that they all knew prior to seeing it. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that in terms of my personal opinion. People find it creepy, they're allowed to find it creepy. If people think it's great and heartwarming and that's something that they would want in their life from a loved one who passed away, I, I get it. I totally, totally get it. Um, I do have some jokes. <laughs> I just have a couple of jokes, you guys. And I hope you'll you'll bear with me here. First of all, Robert's outfit. Now... In this Kardashian universe, we have Talentless from Scott Disick. We have the Kendall and Kylie line. We have um, Good American. We have Yeezy. We have various children's clothing lines. Um, I'm sure at some point, Courtney has come out with like a, a, I don't fucking know, Kim does her like cozy loungewear and robes and skims. Um, 
you know, uh, there was the, the JC Penny line and I just need to know, like, why did Robert have a very poorly tailored blazer and shirt combo? Like the shirt was extending far past the sleeve of the blazer and then the collar was out and I just like fit check. Can we get a hashtag fit check on this? Like, surely up there in heaven, they're the greatest tailors in the world, right? Carl Lagerfeld, can, he, he had a great relationship with your daughters. You couldn't have, like, asked him for some advice before popping down? Okay. Um, my second one is just, like, how um, clearly, like, Clearly, this was something that Kanye came up with all himself because Robert, and I'm putting that in quotes here, talks about how um, Kim married the most, 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 most genius man in the world, Kanye West. And you're the most, most, most greatest daughter, wife, mother in the world. Um, And then just like... Just very passing mentions of his other three children. <laughs> it's like, okay, say hi to Chloe, Courtney, and Rob for me. Bye. And then he shoots out and like turns into dust, like the the more you know NBC uh, asteroid. And <laughs> that shit was funny to me. Like you're gonna talk about how you're the best, best, most, most genius man. All right, say hi to the other ones. I'm out. <laughs> Shimmer. <laughs> Kanye needs help, y'all. Kanye needs help. That was sick. <laughs> that was sick. That man cannot help himself. Y'all gotta help him. Y'all gotta help him. Um, is that all I have to say? Yes, I think it is. Um, so the rest of the episode. Next, I am going to talk about Love After Lockup, and then I will get into my thoughts on the explosive episode of The Bachelorette. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Vote, and vote well. Vote like you care about me. How about that? And, you know, take some time. Take all the time you need this week. It's going to be a very long, probably couple weeks to a month if my predictions are correct. So do something for yourself. Buy a candle. Get some chocolate. Get a, get your husband or wife to give you a massage or something. Um, whatever small or big thing that you can do for yourself this week to ward off any sort of anxiety, take a nap, you know, masturbate, do what you got to do. Um, to help you get through this week because it's going to be a long week, you guys. So let's move on to the rest of the show. They didn't accept you into the line because we were late. Because of makeup. Makeup? I'm just joking. No, it was not because of makeup. It wasn't because of makeup. Well, I don't know. Let's just talk about the DMV. Put that behind us. Right. Put it, put it behind us. It was just a joke. 
I'm gonna Let's wait in the car. Talk about us. I'm gonna wait in the car. When you're done doing your interview, you can meet <laughs> me there. Nope, I need a second. Heather and I have never lived together, and we haven't spent that much time together outside of prison. And Heather's being completely irrational. It, I hate when you do that, like in such a condescending way. I've had plenty of girlfriends that are high maintenance, but this is like next level. Heather, hold on. All right, y'all, let's talk Love After Lockup. Heather is the motherfucking MVP of wild, chaotic behavior. But, you know, I have to talk about her last because she was by far the most interesting. So let's talk about uh, Jessica and Maurice first. Jessica is driving down the Sunset, not Sunset Strip, the Vegas Strip with Maurice and his head out like he's some sort of golden retriever screaming, I'm in Vegas, bitch. <laughs> Maurice lives his life, you know? You can't say that he doesn't do that. <laughs> so they're going to visit a wedding venue. And it feels very Vegas, meaning like it's a venue that has multiple rooms, multiple themed rooms. So the first one they go in is just like, eh. I think it's like more like a traditional chapel, like traditional for Vegas, not really their thing. They go to one that's like, like a forever 21 dressing room. It's like very bright white. It's blingy chandelier vibes. And Maurice is so happy. He loves it. He loves it so much that he is acting out doing a little bit of role playing about how his mom is going to be in the back row cheering him on how his aunt is going to be yelling that's my baby (laughs) from one corner and I just wonder like does has Maurice ever been to a wedding because he's this is like graduation behavior (laughs) he's already married bro why would they be screaming that loud for you a grown-ass man he was already married. Anyway, they go to another room, which seems to be, you know, just right. It is what they refer to as the glass garden. And by glass garden, I guess they mean there's a skylight in it that has like hookups. So you press a button and it goes from daytime to a sunset vibe. I don't know if they had like a rainbow setting I would have liked to see all the options before I put the deposit down, but they both love it. They think it's a perfect one to be surrounded by all of those, you know, Michaels, Vines, and AstroTurf. If y'all like it, I love it. You know, (laughs) one point Maurice tells the lady who's showing them around, she asked how they met and he was like, oh, we met online. Like, I was a prisoner when we met. I just got out. She's like, okay, um, are you sure that this is the right thing for you guys? Are you sure you're in love? (laughs) Man, I have to imagine that she's seen a lot of things in Vegas. Like maybe this is a prestige, um, event space, but you know, I think if you're going to be asking questions about most of the people getting married in Vegas at, uh, you know, a place that has built-in um, sunset settings, 
you're not going to maybe get the answer that you expect. So maybe we just don't ask questions because you're probably not going to like the answer. (laughs) So anyway, she gives them time to check out the space and talk about whether or not they want to rent it. And uh, Maurice takes his time to propose again. And I just wish, and I know that this was a troll that they had not shown Maurice open up the ring box. So such a close up because every nail, dirt, dirt. How are your nails so dirty? You don't even have a job, sir. You have all the time in the world to be taking showers. Why? Why? I, that was like one of my biggest deal breakers with men who do not maintain their nails, their hands and feet. Like it's not that hard. You keep them short. You make sure there's not dirt under them and you keep it moving. And that to me speaks to a level of uh, cleanliness that like every single finger was dirty and mangled and gnarled. It's just like, sir, when do you wash your hands? I know that the pandemic did a lot in the way of like maintenance in terms of our cleanliness of our hands. And I'm praying that that happened for Maurice. I'm praying that this was what it took to make him realize. Mm. Ugh. Uh, anyway, um, Jessica is like, I don't know. Because I know that this man is a broke bitch. How he got the money for this. I hope that he didn't have to do anything illegal. But you know what? I love this ring. And I'm going to keep it. So (laughs) that was the end of them. Uh, Moving on to John and Christiana. John, you guys, I think I said this before. But I will say it again. John is like addicted to chaos I think and I think he's attracted to the drama and the push-pull and the um you know like instability that comes for somebody who loves horror so much I think he's just like really loves like the oh what's gonna happen next what's this creeping around the corner that sort of vibe and it was most evident in his scenes and their scenes today or this episode. So he brings his Bonnie back to the home. Her mom and sister are so thrilled to see Christiana come back. She goes like, I'm just going to take a shower. I'll holler at you guys when I come out. And, you know, he's like, you know, I'm really relieved that she's here, but I'm worried about, Basically, they're all talking about how they're potentially could get charged for harboring a fugitive. <laughs> so, um, John keeps referring to himself as a convict, which, like, I don't think. Don't you only call yourself a convict if you're actually in jail or going to jail? Like, you're out, you're free, you got your papers. The fact that he is actively referring to himself as a convict is a big question mark for me. But once John tells Christiana's sister and mom that they could potentially go to jail for harboring a fugitive, as soon as Christiana gets out of the shower, they're like, we love you so much. So happy you're here. You need to turn yourself in because I'm not going down with you, homegirl. 
not doing it. Mom's on a breathing apparatus. She's not fit for jail. She's not built for this. Do the right thing, homegirl. So we hear, find out that this is the third time that Christiana has gone to prison, or this will be the third time, on the same charge. <laughs> and there's a whole conversation about how bad Dubuque is for them and how they just fall into the same traps and how Christiana got triggered and this was just such a bad situation. And yeah, not great. Not great. Christiana's like, I really don't want to have to turn myself in. This would be the first time that I'm going to actively do that. She's upset. John goes out to the patio to throw whatever happened to be on there out into the backyard. And this is where I'm like, sir, you're being really dramatic. (laughs) Like, I understand the situation, but like, you knew the risks of this. You knew the risks of a woman who was very honest and open about the fact that every time she goes to the halfway house, she ends up relapsing and ends up having to go to jail. So why we have to throw a lawn chair out into the backyard is beyond me. Why we have to (laughs) go to the corner of the fence and weep and puff on our vape. Like, girl, calm down. So, yeah, basically, I'm assuming next week we are going to be seeing Christiana go off to jail. We got a short scene of Tyrese. I don't know why, but he has now moved on from Shonda. He was happy to have that closure conversation, and he's found himself a new lady. He went to an art gallery, and while he was looking at art, he he happened to find himself a masterpiece, and that masterpiece's name is Tracy another former convict which he did not want her to say on camera because he's like now everybody's gonna think that I love chicks from prison he's gonna be like look at that guy he's the one who loves prison ladies so they're loving life Tyree says that you know, unlike Shonda, Tracy really has her stuff together and she's got a big old ass. So, you know, he's in heaven. Tracy thinks that Shonda is going to come back. She's using her knowledge of, you know, being an inmate herself and says, I really think that at some point Shonda's going to call you and she's going to need money and she's going to hit you up. And he's like, I'm not going to let her do that because you're my boo. So the waitress, the waitress brings them their food. Tyrese orders some chicken and he's like, ooh, I'm gonna tear this chicken up. And you know what else I'm gonna tear up tonight? And Tracy's like, what? And he's like, well, I'll show you. This man is eating with a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all. But when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health. And we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I should have known that Tyrese had big, like, toothpick in the mouth energy, like, toothpick at all times. But to actively eat a meal with your toothpick still in the mouth is, honestly, it doesn't surprise me at all. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, Let's move on to Quaylen and Chevelle. So, Quaylen is headed to Texas. And Chevelle decides to take this time to block the door and be real, real dramatic and be like, I should have listened to my family. I knew that you were going to do this. Why would you, how dare you go to visit your family after 12 years in prison? Wow. You're not the man that I knew. (laughs) Girl, Quaylon makes all the sense in the world. Of course, like, Why wouldn't he go now? A, the motherfucker's been out of jail after 12 years. Of course he wants to go visit his family. Of course now is the best time to go because he doesn't have a job. Why don't you go now? Before you get a job and start your life in a real way, take the time to spend a couple weeks or a month with your family. Why is she acting like this is some great betrayal and this is really going to just like ruin their relationship and her whole family was right that he was going to be taking advantage of her and then running away? It doesn't make any sense. And you know what? I hate to tell a woman that what you're doing is only going to make a man turn away and run, but this is exactly what's happening. Like, what do you think eventually he's going to not want to hear you're going to leave me, you're going to leave me, you're going to leave me, how dare you leave me, What? who is this person, this used to be my playground, why are you such a terrible guy, how dare you go and visit your family when you promised to make a life with me and my daughter. Like, she's really being so extra, like, let the man go see his family. Girl, like, do you hear yourself? She actually says, like, things have shifted in our relationship. This might be the end of us. <laughs> and Quaylon very correctly says, like, me going to visit my family should not be the thing 
that makes her feel all of these feelings. It shouldn't be the thing that breaks us. And I'm completely on his side. So when he gets to Texas, obviously his mom, who has been wanting him to move there, is thrilled. His sister's thrilled. She's like, we can do whatever you want. We're going to have a good time. And, you know, I really do like Chevelle, but I think that you should also, while you're here, take the time to date as many people as possible and just see what life is like in Texas. You know, like, no big deal. Like, I do like her, but, you know, that woman that you're living with, she's great. But I also think that you should be dating other people. (laughs) Just see what the whole world has to offer. I love that she's trying to seem like I'm a chill mom. And I'm so happy for you to be in a relationship. But like, spread your wings. Shake your dreads and fly, Quaylon. So she's got girls set up, clearly, to have him date and hang out with. She takes him to a barber shop, unbeknownst to him, and he tells us, I've been wondering who did his hair while he was in prison because he came out looking pretty good. Turns out he had been doing it himself, and it's a passion of his in the sense that like, he likes to make sure that his hair looks good. I love the way Quaylon talks. <laughs> He's so fun to me. Um, but... He is like, this is not really my passion. Like, I could see myself doing this on the side. So when his mom takes him to the barber shop to, like, meet a guy about a possible job interview, um, he's, like, annoyed. He's like, I hope my mom knows that music is my real passion and that taking me to the barber shop to see if I can get a job is, like, not going to be the thing that makes me want to stay in Texas. And I really would, like... All of my, like, he wants to live in Texas, but he wants everybody to be there. He wants to be with his family, but he wants Chevelle to be there too. And I think that is a very fair thing. Like, Chevelle has no introspection into the fact that, like, he doesn't feel like he has anything in Kansas City for him. He feels like this is a place that he grew up. It got him in trouble. He doesn't want to be around the same people and be attracted to the same things. And yeah, fair. Absolutely fair. I kind of thought Quaylon would be a little bit, I don't know the word for it, but I have to say that he is, he makes all the sense in the world. And it once again, the free person sounds like a nutter while the inmate makes all the sense in the world. Um, let's move on to Destiny and Sean. Shocking, shocking twist. Turn of events. Actually, everybody ends up leaving the courthouse. They do not look happy. Destiny especially. She tells us she spoke to her, um, public defender. Basically what happened during that court session is that they were going to drop the current charges, but they were also going to refile And so now they were going to refile, add on additional charges, and now she went from potentially one to two years in state prison to a potential of seven years. And she's like, because they're refiling and taking the time to do this, like, it doesn't look good for me. And naturally, she's not feeling too great right now. So Sean is doing his best to be like Mr. Sunshine and encourage her and say, well, 
maybe, well, like, isn't, if they refile, doesn't that, isn't that like double jeopardy? And she's like, no, it's not double fucking jeopardy. They have the opportunity or the chance to refile twice if they want to within the same year. I'm still under that year deadline. So this is refiling number one. And he's like, you know, maybe they'll just drop it again. And Destiny's like, you know, I really don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear you, like, try and make things sound better and make it seem like I have a shot in hell. I really don't want to be in the headspace of, like, I have any chance of being free or getting out of this because... If and when I find out that's not going to happen, I'm going to be really upset. And I thought that was, like, completely fair. Like, let's not try and make it seem like I have any chance. It would be a great surprise if I find out that things turn out in my favor. But I really feel like these people don't like me. The system is set up against me. They always talk about how they want to rehabilitate rehabilitate people But I feel like now I'm doing really well and they're not even giving me a chance to show them how much better I'm doing. Now, granted, I think Destiny is like a, who's like Sonic the Hedgehog and charges are her gold rings. And the prison system is that like spiky thing that like makes all the gold rings go away. Um, is that how that works? I don't think that's a great metaphor, but y'all know what I mean. She's just like an agent of chaos is what I'm trying to say. But I, yeah, it just, I felt her. I'm very much the same way. Like if something doesn't look great, I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm only going to end up being more disappointed when that shitty thing that I thought was going to happen and then convince myself was going to be better actually happens like that it makes it so much worse it makes it so much worse so she's like getting annoyed with him she's you know her mom's there her sister's there they're trying to encourage her and she's like you guys I just I need a minute I'm gonna step away so she goes on the other side of the parking lot to smoke a cigarette and I don't know tweet or something and they all have this conversation they meaning Sean her sister Brittany and her mom Denise, I think. And Sean's like, you know. Oh, also, before she breaks away from them, she talks to Sean and is like, seven years is a long time. I'm not thinking that you're gonna stay with me. I don't I'm wouldn't be surprised. I don't expect it. And he's like, What do you mean? What do you mean? She's like, No, like, come on, like, I'm realistic. I've been in this game before. Seven years is a very long time to wait. And so she walks away and Sean tells Brittany and Denise, like, I really am so dedicated to destiny and I really do want to be with her forever. And he pulls out this ring and says, you know, this is what I'm going to show her to prove that I'm dedicated to this relationship. Everybody starts crying. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And like, like, imagine Let's set the scene. Everybody crying. There's a woman on the other one side of the parking lot of a courthouse ripping cigs and looking at her phone and probably finding quotes about like, fuck the man, fuck 12, you know. And on the other side of that parking lot, 
her boyfriend, mom, and sister are all crying because he's going to propose to her whether or not she gets seven years in jail. <laughs> so Destiny is clearly like not in the mood in a way that makes more sense than like all the other times we've seen her not be the, in the mood about have been. Sean takes her to like a river walk in the park and she's like, I don't even know why we're doing this. Like, I just want to sit in the hotel and fucking decompress. But she's walking and she's clearly annoyed and she's not making any sort of eye contact with Sean. And Sean is going into this whole speech about how, you know, it's been a long road and I learned how much I care about you and I want to be with you. And she's like, did you just learn this today? And he's like, no, no, like over time, but you know, I just love you so much and I care for you and you, you know, Destiny, you tell me that you just want to see action from me and he takes this opportunity in the same outfit. This man, where I have never seen this man outside of the same blue jacket, button down polo, blue pants. The same shit that he wears to work. <laughs> He's like a cartoon character. The exact same outfit every single time. He goes down on one knee to an audience of about 57 geese in the background. Chilling and pooping and then he just stares at her. <laughs> he doesn't even say, will you marry me? He just opens that ring box and just looks up. And Destiny's like, oh my god. <laughs> like, can you imagine? This is not the time, sir. This is not the time. Let's finish with, wow. Hellfire and Brimstone, Heather and Dylan. So we're still less than 24 hours. This is the first, he got to sleep, the first sleep after he's been in prison for the past five years. And... Heather's like, you know, Dylan's good in bed, but it just wasn't a good situation. You know, having sex about 13 inches away from Aunt Diane's kitchen. Could probably hear her breathing from the oxygen tank. Like, it wasn't really a romantic scene, we'll say. So the sex wasn't great. Dylan! <laughs> Dylan is quickly becoming my boy. He is so fucking funny. And he says, yeah, you know, the past 24 hours have been a fucking nightmare. And the sex was good if you think that crazy translates to good sex. Then yeah, we had good sex. <laughs> so, he has to go to the DMV. He needs a license. He needs a social security card, ID, all of that shit. He really wants to take his road test and get everything settled. But wouldn't you believe Heather has been taking her sweet fucking time doing her makeup, making sure her side part is, you know, on, um, okay. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of heavy liner happening. They end up being late. As we all know, the DMV, so they can get the fuck out of there, they will stop at a certain time. They have a deadline for the road test and the written test. So they make sure they can get enough people through. So if the shit closes at 3 o'clock, 
you probably have to be there no later than one before they hit that deadline. So <laughs> they get there quite late. Clearly Dylan is annoyed that he had to wait for her to do her makeup and they get there. They get to the stairs up to the office and Heather goes, um, excuse me, he just got out of prison and he needs to get his ID. And Dylan's like, you didn't have to say that part. <laughs> not, not necessary. So Dylan then makes a very little joke about, yeah, we had to wait for you to do your makeup. And she looks at him like, oh, did we? Oh, so I'm the problem now? And then here we fucking go, just tumbling down into hell. She's like, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I'm the problem then. I'm the problem? Okay, I'm just going to go to my car. And you can finish talking with them, meaning like production and the show. And then you can come to the car when you're done. Like, I just need a fucking second, okay? Nope, nope, I need a fucking second. He's trying to like calm her down, touch her shoulder, be like, it's okay. I was just making a joke. She's like, I'm going to go to my car, Okay. But it's never like, I'm going to go to my car. It's like, you need to follow me. I'm going to scream at you. I'm going to threaten you. We're going to get into this whole thing. It's not like, I just need a moment because you hurt my feelings and we can reassess in a moment, recalibrate. No. Chaos. Chaos and negativity. And then she goes, get in the fucking car, Dylan. So production's like, no, like, can we wait? We just need you to finish this. Like, we need to talk to you and finish the scene. And she's flipping out. He gets in the car. He's like, I'm happy to talk to you, production camera person. But, like, I have to get in the car. Because I'm dependent on her, basically. (laughs) Like, I gotta go, you guys. And then she drives off. And he's like, can we just calm down? Like, just park on the side of the road. Let's have a conversation about this. And she's like, no, no. And he's like, it's a problem. She's like, you're not the person who I thought that you were. Much like Chevelle. And this is like so crazy. And he's like, well, you're making it harder for yourself. She's like, oh, I'm making it harder. I'm making it harder than it has to be. I'll fucking show you some hard shit. Why don't you take off my mic? Take off your mic. We're going to tear these GoPro's off and I'll show you how to make it hard. <laughs> I'll show you how hard it's gonna fucking gonna be. Fuck you, get out as she's driving. Like, she's just gonna like push him out of the car, which wouldn't be surprising. She starts calling him a different person, and Dylan's like, in like an interview later, like, you know, I'm starting to realize at this point that this is maybe not the person that I thought that she was. <laughs> and, um, And uh, she starts ripping down. So she's driving, speeding, one hand on the wheel, ripping down the GoPros with another hand. Keep telling him to take his mic off. She's skirt turning into a one-way street going the wrong way. And he's like, can you please calm down? Like, I feel like I'm in hell right now. I don't need this. I can go back to jail. You're doing some illegal shit and screaming about how you're going to make it hard for me. (laughs) like please help will somebody please call 911 (laughs) homegirl chill out she needs help sis somebody help her but like help there are only two episodes left like so if you guys could wait 
I, I need to see how this goes down. Ooh, I hope Dylan has another place he can parole, leave his parole office with, another address he can parole out to. Oh, me. Ooh. Dylan genuinely seems like a intelligent dude. Like, he's funny, and he's charming, and, like, he could get his shit together. Like, Dylan seems honestly like somebody who's like, yeah, I went to jail for five years for, like, you know, trying to sell Molly to a cop, but I ended up being an entrepreneur, and this is how you can do it, too. <laughs> I see that for him. I really do. And I hope that he does that, and I hope that, you know, at some point he doesn't get decapitated by Heather. I really do. I really, really do. All right. That's it for Love After Lockup. Two more episodes, y'all. Two more episodes. Yeah, I was kind of dazed and confused and lost a little bit. <laughs> what kind of answer is that? You, you sat here with the Band of Brothers talk in the beginning. No, and then it wasn't went back. I got up and went to the bathroom. And then I, like, yeah, then I came out and, and then... On the way out, I was like, what's everyone doing? Like, is, uh, like, and then... I can see the bathroom from here. What's everyone doing? Yeah, I, dude, I was standing right there. You're like, where's Claire? Yeah. And so then you and went then back and then continue the... what? Just get, 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 get to it. Stop being a politician and get to it, man. I'm Bro, not being a politician and get to it, I will say this. It'll be better if you just own it. Just own it. You spoke earlier about keeping it real and respectful to the other people. I think that's what gets me is that it would be different if it was somebody else. But you started it by saying that. I had no recollect. I had no knowledge of what. And then I came out and then, and I was like, Where's everyone else at? Like, what's what's the deal? And then, hell, just say that you wanted to speak to Claire more. That's oh, I, I did want to speak to Claire. But I'm saying, like, just I didn't say know Claire it, was in there when I went to the restroom and was coming out. Don't just say like, oh, I stumbled upon her and like. I if you wanted to have more time, just say. Was she talking out of the to him restroom? Or no? She was. I didn't know that they were in there. You got it, bro. It's, it's fine. So, uh, what the hell happened on the Bachelorette, you guys? <laughs> Wow. Um, lots of drama, lots of walking out of things. Claire is wilding the fuck out and she is giving us content. Has she always been like this? Because like, I feel like I'm missing out. I'm not going to go back and watch like the other seasons that she's been on, but has she always been like this or is it a Dale induced psychosis? Like really what's happening y'all? But before we get into Claire, Obviously, we need to talk about Yosef. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. He is giving me, like I said last week, incel energy, men's rights activist energy. Um, this is going to be dark Chris Watts energy. Like, I just don't feel comfortable watching this man <laughs> and being in his presence, even if it's through the distance of a past recording on a TV screen. What was that y'all? What was that? This man is still hot in the pants from this dodgeball game that he didn't even play. You guys, he didn't even have to participate in the group date of strip dodgeball, panty dodgeball. And he is still very upset about this. He, again, continues this narrative of, like, 
Claire having some sort of control over what activities these men do. And it's weird for me. And I know can do this. I, he calls it an atrocity. <laughs> Says he goes up to Claire. He inter- inter- um, interrupts a day that she's on. And he's going to this whole thing about how that was just like a red flag for him, how he didn't trust her, how she wouldn't, she's not fit to be the mother of his child. Bro, get the fuck out of here. Who gives you the right? Who gives you the right? Why did he think, where did, what did he think was going to happen? Did he, I think, I don't even think this is like a, um, I'm going to go in here and be the villain and get my airtime. Like, I don't really give a fuck about The Bachelorette. I'm just going to, like, cause controversy for myself. Like, I genuinely think that he thought that she was going to, like, apologize for her behavior and apologize for the activity that the producers clearly planned and she had nothing to do with. Like, I thought it genuinely seemed like he wanted her to feel ashamed. And I think once he realized how she was reacting, he's like, oh, I'm just going to make it about like at first he was like, you know, I have a a reputation to maintain and my daughter and how would she feel if she saw me doing this activity like she'd be so embarrassed. And I think he thought like he was trying to make her cry. And then once he saw her reaction was like, excuse the fuck out of me. He was like, oh, no, like you're basically trash. That's why you're the oldest bachelorette in history. And you should know better because you're such an old crotchety 39 year old bitch. Like he that was weird that was really weird and I loved her reaction I loved her being like excuse you like I wouldn't want you to be the father of my children how about that how about that and wow wow (laughs) I loved her like dramatic monologue into the camera all by herself of like you know what I am the old oldest black bachelorette in history and that's because I wouldn't stick up for I wouldn't uh deal with men like him because I wouldn't take it (laughs) like go ahead girl give us a little bit um the guys I guess I'll hear this they're horrified but and this is like another thing like this seemed very produced because all the guys clearly knew to a certain extent what happened because Yosef had been saying it to them before he said it to her. Clearly they saw that she was upset, but no one actually went to comfort her except for Dale. And I thought that felt like production probably told them like, nobody go over there except for Dale. Like, why don't you go see her? I am not understanding what it is that she sees in Dale. But we'll get into that later. So the next thing I want to talk about is some lady named Deanna, who I guess was on The Bachelorette. I think she was season four of The Bachelorette. I believe that's what the Chiron said. She shows up to the casita. And once they started talking, I was like, okay, I had to like 
recalibrate my mind and figure out which one was which because they both had a beachy wave and it's like could you have given one of them like a jojo bow so i could differentiate between the two i know one of them had darker hair but like it it threw me for a loop for a second i'm not gonna lie um what what was that conversation at one point uh claire pulls out dale's pants and she sniffs the butt of it and then she gives it to deanna and deanna sniffs like the waistline of it and they're like "Ooh, he does smell good and i just like i need claire's sense of smell to stop being such a factor in her decision making it's it's making me uncomfortable Uh, other claire tells one Claire number one that, you know, I can tell that you're really happy because when you talk about Dale, you smile. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So then they have a group date and Dale's like, you know what? I just, I don't want to like, you know, like cause any drama or anything, but can I just talk to Claire for like five minutes? You know, because I just want to, you know, like comfort her after what happened with Yosef and the guys are like, I guess you're just going to do it anyway. And so then he and Claire go off to the casita and they spend like 45 minutes to an hour making out in her bed. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, the bros are mad. They're big mad. And one bro is like, hey, I'm going to go over to the casita and break this situation up. So Dale is acting so awkward. Like, he's so immature. Like, oh, mama, dad caught us. I snuck into my girlfriend's room. Like, oh, ho, ho, you guys. Like, he's so overacting and over dramatizing the situation just to, like, make it clear. Like, oh, you caught us doing something. You caught us canoodling with one another. And I hate that word canoodling, but that's the word that he would use. I feel confident in that. And I just, like, also, like, did Dale have a little stony baloney in his pants? Like, was this pop up and say hello? Popping up to say hello? Because he, like, leaves the casita, like, fucking Mission Impossible, like a frogman. On the side of Trump Tower. Do you guys remember any any New Yorkers who listen to this episode? That there used to be a guy who would like regularly climb, or maybe it's just like a bunch of dudes who would let regularly climb buildings, and he'd be like, 
two o'clock, here's the headline. Some guy's on, you know, the fucking side of the W Hotel in Union Square. Oh, here we go. Here's another guy on top of the, like, the, the PNC building. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so he's, like, trying to, you know, like, cr you know, crawl out of the casita face to the wall like he's hiding something and I just like I you guys I want to be in the fantasy I want to believe that this is the right situation for Claire but I just feel like she's so dickmatized and I don't even think she's gotten dick from him and I just don't get it he seems like not much is happening upstairs. <laughs> he seems like a real cornball. And I think that there might be one and a half to 2.25 men that actually might be worth her time and worth even attempting to get to know. But she's not even, she could not care less. Couldn't care less. Um, so then Dale leaves and then you can hear, there were a lot of, like, side conversations, hot mic situations with Claire and this lady that's on production. So she's like, okay, let's get ready for this group date. But, like, can we just, like, shuffle this along? Like, I don't want to spend too much time with any one guy. So, like, let's just keep him coming. Keep him coming so I can finish this date, right? So they're going on the date. <laughs> this part cracked me up. So she's going through the guys, going through the guys, and Dale at one point walks in, because all the dates are like the guys coming to her casita. He walks in on one of this guy's date and is like, oh, I didn't know that somebody was in here. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to break up your date. My bad. And we're like, you just spent an hour with her. Somebody had to come in and interrupt you guys. Because they weren't getting enough time. The rest of the guys weren't getting enough time with her. And now you want to act like you had no idea. <laughs> and this is the first time I really loved Riley. He ends up leaving. And Riley's like. What are you doing? And Dale's like. Oh well I just. I thought she was by herself. Like I didn't know what was happening. He's like we're having a group date. You know exactly what was happening. And Dale's like, oh, but I went to the bathroom and I just like, I got confused and I was like dazed and confused. And like he claims temporary insanity as his excuse for trying to blow up a date and act like he had no idea that she was in the middle of a date. Sir, you've been away from her for 15 minutes. You see this group of 20 guys sitting at waiting for a date with her. Riley's like, I can see the bathroom from where I'm sitting. So how did you get lost? How did you get lost from the bathroom? <laughs> you went to the bathroom. How did you get lost on the way back? Sir, like they're not even like, it, don't insult my intelligence. They're not even attempting to act like this is something that they have had planned all along. And I don't really get it. I really don't. So then what happens after that? The date is over and Dale's like, all the bros are gathered around and Dale's like, well, 
you know, I'm sorry for blowing up that date, you guys. I'm sorry for monopolizing on all your time. Like, I just felt like I was the best suited to comfort her after the Yosef situation. And <laughs> Riley's like, why would you be the best suited? And he was like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. He's like, well, that's what you said. Why do you think that you're the best suited one for that situation to comfort her? And fair. He's like, none of us have even had time. We don't, you know... You've been taking up all of our time. So you wouldn't know if you're the best thing for her anyway because you don't know any of us. All you've been doing is spending time with her. He really wants to act like an alpha. And it's coming off very like... Like Kyle Richards. Where it's like... She's the alpha by seniority. Meaning she's been there the longest. Dale has invested the most time in Claire. Clearly. And because of that, he thinks that he's the best one. He's the top dog. But really, he's just like, you are you have very beta energy. And it's just not curling over for me. So then she has like a one-on-one date with Zach, Jay, and his veneers. And they have a spa day. They do massages. They do mani-pedis and... She keeps calling Zach weird and that his energy is off and that like he was really cool and she liked him, but like now she's just not feeling it. He has very nervous energy and that's really puts her off and everything like the, the pedicure date seemed fine, but then they're like in the pool and they're just like talking and, um, She's like, oh, because they're, they're supposed to have, like, an entire day date. So they're supposed to have dinner at night. So she's like, oh, okay, here's my dog coming out. I'm going to go to my room to get ready for our dinner. But, you know, like, I'll see you. So she leans in for a kiss. And tell me if I'm, I was reading this correctly. She leans in for a kiss. He doesn't quite move toward her. He doesn't move away from her. He just doesn't move towards her. Like, it's not like a hitch 90-10 ratio of how one is supposed to kiss situation. So she moves in and then immediately moves way back. And he's like, what? What happened? And then she starts acting really weird. Like, he rejected her even though she he didn't. I didn't think that he rejected her at all or like he seemed not into kissing her. He didn't move at all, but like that wasn't a rejection. And then he makes it weird by being like, oh no, like why did you move back? Like what happened? I, I want to kiss you. Blah, blah. And he grabs her neck like multiple times and that's what makes the situation really awkward and makes it like that much worse. It was fine. Like, if he had just let her go and been like, what just happened? I would have been on his side. He lost me at the, like, perpetually, like, the multiple times of him grabbing her neck and trying to control the situation and, like, trying to kiss her. But leading up to the kiss and immediately after, I was like, I think she kind of did that on purpose. And I think had he not done what he did, I think she probably would have been like, I was going to kiss him, but it didn't feel right because Dale, you know, is that what the, what you guys got? Let me know. Um, so she's completely weirded out. She's crying on the floor of her casita, holding her little dog. And 
Zach goes to meet her for dinner. He's waiting at the table. Chris comes out and is like, uh, Claire's not coming. And you also gotta go. Chris seems very uncomfortable by the situation, clearly because he's probably seen the footage of him, like, grabbing her neck. And it was awkward. Like, Chris couldn't even look at him. He wasn't even really making eye contact with Zach. So that was basically it. Um, Margaret Cho shows up for whatever reason. Uh, they decide to do a roast where half the guys are supposed to roast the other half of the guys that are in the audience and there are very bad jokes being happened. I need to know how much Margaret Cho got paid for this appearance. Why did they choose Margaret Cho? (laughs) Was she like the, the biggest comedian fan of the bachelorette? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Every guy, Dale is one of the audience members. Every guy goes in on Dale. Everyone makes a joke about Dale. Bennett, our little wealth management 36-year-old from New York. And by the way, like, I just have a, a theory about New York guys, especially guys who, like, Bennett doesn't really do it for me, but he's an objectively attractive guy. Even if I'm not attracted to him, you know, he's got that look. And he's in the wealth management game, so maybe he makes a certain amount of money. Like I said, he's got very Murray Hill energy. He is a 36-year-old man living in New York who's working in finance. I have a theory that, like, any guy over the age of 30 who's been living in New York for five-plus years, if he hasn't been married or engaged... Uh, the way, like, I'm looking at Bennett and I'm seeing a 36-year-old, good-looking, finance dude. If he's single and there's not been, like, a significant relationship prior to his single status now, there's something wrong with him. And, like, that's not even a theory. That's, like, damn near a fact. Trust me, you guys, I've dated every type of New York man. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> and... These are the things that you learn along the way. You hit in a certain age as a man in Manhattan. And there's just, there's got to be something deep in your core that's wrong with you. That's just my truth. Anyway, Bennett's making a lot of jokes about, um, you know, the, basically, you know, and now we said it that Dale talks and talks and talks and he talks in circles and he never really makes sense that the cameramen have two cameramen have fallen asleep trying to record Dale and what he's saying that he's basically a doofus. You know, nobody likes him. Claire is not happy. And again, we get another hot mic moment of her walking away after the roast and she's like everybody's going in on my fiance and it's like oh okay well you outed yourself on that and then she says to the camera they're just hating and you know what it wasn't funny but hate on hate on but you can't hate on love <laughs> the fuck does that mean maybe you guys deserve each other <laughs> maybe Daryl and Claire actually deserve each other So, 
Claire has another group date after this roast and is like, basically, one after the other after the other, she wants to ask the guys, so what was up with your joke about Dale? Like, why did you say that? Is there something that I'd need to know? Like, why did you say this specific thing? Why did you say it about him being fake? Why did you say him about, what, say this about him being like underhanded? Like, let's talk about that. And every guy, it starts with Bennett. Bennett's like, eh, you know what? I feel like I kind of said what I needed to say about Dale at the roast. Like, I don't really want to spend more time talking about Dale. I'd rather we spend this time getting to know each other. And Claire's like, yeah, yeah. But anyway, about Dale, like, what did you mean by that? And she just won't let it go. She asks five different guys why they said what they said about Dale. All of them are like, I don't really want to talk about Dale. And now the guys are figuring things out. And now they're like, they're talking, like, after their dates, they're grouping up with each other and they're realizing, Claire asked me about Dale. Yeah, she asked me about Dale too. Yeah, she asked me this very similar situation about Dale. What are we doing here, you guys? Like, why are we sitting here wasting our time when it's basically the Dale and Claire show? She spends minimal amounts of time with all of us. All she wants to do is hang out with Dale. What are we doing here? Like, if she's interested in this guy, why are we all trying to hit on a girl who has a boyfriend, basically? <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? And boy band manager is like, I think there might already be in a relationship. And there was another, I think his alt name was also Zach. Too many Zachs, you guys. He is cute. He was the one, the first one that has broken out to me is like, cute. I think he might be a short king. But I think he had some sense about him. And he's like, I've heard through the grapevine that they may have been talking um, over the course of like that break between when we were supposed to uh, start filming and, and the beginning of filming. And it's just like, why are, why are we here? Why are we here? Then, so after this big date, Claire's like, you know, I just feel like I tried to get deep with you guys and it didn't work. So I'm not going to be giving any one of you a rose <laughs> after this date. And then she does this whole thing about how it feels good to be on the right path with Dale. And then she does this thing where she gives herself the rose <laughs> for all the work that she's done on these dates and how proud she is of herself. And if that isn't a me move, then I don't know what is, but would I be like, she is simping hard for young Dale. And I just don't see it. I'm not seeing it in our light, light skin queen King. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh Lord. It looks like whenever the next episode we have airs, might be the last one with Claire before we move on to Tasia, I think her name is. And I can't wait to see this whole thing explode and how they introduce a new bachelorette because we see scenes of the guys packing up 
so I'm interested.